Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Case Fuel Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I'm here with a solo podcast on Facebook ads, which has been a very popular topic, and I wanted to clear up some of the misconceptions that commonly come up. So I was thinking about this the other day because I try to keep a pretty clean information diet. One of my favorite podcasts on Facebook ads, this is one that I, I actually listened to a lot in the Inceptions, the um, Perpetual Traffic podcast with Ralph Burns and Molly Pittman. Really, really awesome podcast I'd recommend it, but I actually wouldn't recommend it for attorneys and I'll tell you why. So I wanted to kind of clear up because especially if you're the kind of person who listens to podcasts, chances are you're the kind of person who likes to educate yourself on content. And sometimes it's tough to take out the base assumptions that go into the recommendations from people who are experts in their field. So I want to draw a quick comparison before I get into the meat and potatoes here. And I got three points for you. So let's say you took a really, really high up partner at say Kirkland and Ellis or insert white shoe law firm. And you're asking them about what it took to make it ahead in the market. Now, chances are, if you were running a local family law practice, the advice that they would have would be extremely valuable, but not necessarily relevant for you. And a lot of the situations that we have when people are looking at the top advice from high spending marketers on Facebook are not relevant to local markets in a very similar way. So, and also just to be clear, I want to talk about cold traffic. In my opinion, retargeting is something that is very valuable and pretty easy to set up. But again, it's like kind of probably the subject of another podcast entirely. I do like retargeting, but I find it less interesting because (laughs) cold traffic is kind of, in my opinion, the the highest form of the art as far as cold ads. So basically, if you can, retargeting is a good bolt on to get some extra juice, but you know, not a ton of skill involved. In my opinion, it's kind of a freebie. So we'll get into the mean potatoes, and this is the three biggest misconceptions that I see that keep attorneys from making a return on Facebook ads. Okay, so the first thing is switching your focus and trying to forget about targeting. So if we're talking about these big nationwide campaigns, there's a couple of presuppositions that are kind of going into it. One of the biggest ones is that most of the biggest advertisers are targeting nationwide, if not worldwide. So when you start out and let's just say we're targeting the entire country, we have a base audience of 300 million or so people. So in order to get ads that serve correctly, what we want to do is cut that down into the best slice of that market. So recommended audience size for a lot of these nationwide campaigns is probably somewhere between two and 10 million people or so. So in order to get that, you can literally take that 300 million person audience and slice it down 150 times. So if you want to cherry pick, okay, I want people who listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast or people who read Inc. Magazine or recent moms or something like that. And you can even layer these things on top of it, making the Venn diagram intersection smaller and smaller and smaller until you have your perfect slice of the audience. And this is a very, very important thing to do with cold traffic for prospecting campaigns that are uh, nationwide or worldwide. But the thing is that basically, even if you're an attorney, and again, with, with some exceptions, obviously there's practice areas that can serve nationwide. But you know, if you're a local attorney, for the most part, even if you live in big markets, New York, LA, Chicago, it's really likely that you know, that, that they'll cut it down to probably 10 or 15 million. And the reality is you're not serving the whole area. So, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, I live in New York, but specifically in Brooklyn, I'm not considering any services that are in Manhattan or Queens or Staten Island, God forbid. So basically, even within those larger markets, you're really serving a smaller market. 
So in practice, what we're usually shooting for when we set up local campaigns for attorneys is an audience with a critical mass of about 100,000 people. And, you know, in some places that's two miles, in some places that's 20 miles. Okay, so we're starting with 100,000 people, which again, lower than a lot of people recommend as far as the nationwide campaigns, but just past that point, it really doesn't become practical. What happens if you have an audience that's smaller than 100K? So yeah, let's let's say we take 100,000 people that are close to your office and we want to layer on the people who watch, uh, you know, <laughs> who watch Shark Tank and, uh, you know, listen to the Tim Ferriss experience and are like avid triathletes. What's going to happen when you cut that audience down? And the reality is your ad costs are going to skyrocket. So it's actually completely different than AdWords. A lot of the times with AdWords, it's like, it's kind of a freebie. If you want to have a really niche keyword, you're only going to pay if it ends up clicking. But with Facebook, you're actually charged by the um, CPM, right? So CPM is an old school advertising term you might've heard. It actually refers to the term meal in French for some reason, I don't know, but this is actually how they used to sell media buys for magazines and newspapers and TV and that kind of stuff. But basically that's your, your bill every time Facebook has to show an ad for someone. So it's, it's a different thing to keep in mind. So the average CPM that we see when we are targeting a one of these 100K audiences is pretty local, probably around 20 to $30. Also, bear in mind, if you're going up to the two to 10 million range, or like a lot of these nationwide things are having, those numbers are going to go down to probably five or 10. So again, it's, it's within reason, but it's going to be higher because it's a little bit more specific. But if we want to go super specific, if we want to target an audience of 20 or 30,000 people, or God forbid, less than 10,000, you're cost per thousand, the CPM is going to go up to 80 to $100 plus. So basically, you know, when we're talking about stuff, and, and I'll give you an example. So for the ads that I run for Case Fuel to generate attorney clients, we're dealing with a much smaller audience than, than 100,000. A lot of times too, like, you know, we, <laughs> we got ads running for Trust and Sales client. Our, our audience is 6,000. So our CPM is three to four times what we have for our client CPMs. And surprise, surprise, that's just because we're targeting a smaller audience. So what does that mean? Everything that you hear about targeting, getting to specific audiences, building an avatar, you kind of have to throw that out the window. The reality is a lot of that specific stuff isn't stuff that you can really do. And even if say, and this isn't something we see often, but like, let's say hypothetically, you could have a targeting audience that's going to be 200% as effective as a broader local audience, which is something we never see by the way, but just let's just say for the sake of the argument, you're going to be paying three to four times more CPM. So overall, any of that inefficiency is going to go out in the wash and then some. So that being said, also the other thing too that we've noticed is that actually being local is a way bigger lever than anything we found as far as targeting goes. So that's just basically one of the things. So with local, we had a um, first principle, forget about targeting. We need to have a smaller audience. And the reason why is because the CPM is going to make it pretty much impossible to run. Okay. Second thing to think about local advertising versus nationwide. Technically, this does work with nationwide stuff, but it actually becomes more important with local because we don't have those targeting options. So basically, Facebook has what's known as, and this is really the reason why Facebook's become as dominant of a player as it has in the last five years or so, or maybe 10 years ago, I'm dating myself. <laughs> it's because Facebook has really, really good what they refer to as machine learning, but I don't want to make it seem like this is some crazy Skynet thing. Basically, Facebook will find more people for whatever action you tell it to do. 
And one of the most important ones as far as getting increasing results on your advertising is what's referred to as conversion rate. So basically you're targeting conversions as an objective. And for the most part, if you're talking about an e-commerce store, this would be the thank you page that only shows up when somebody's purchased. If it's booking appointments, it's going to be the thank you page that somebody goes after the calendar. And the, the actual technical details aren't super important. And it's, it's a really good tool because basically you can have any action be what you want people to do. And then it doesn't matter how they get uh, how it takes them to get there. Facebook is going to know who's taking these these actions. And over the thousands and thousands of data points that they have on that person, they're going to find more people that look like that. So this is actually a pretty interesting story from way back in the day. And this was back when I was taking a lot more referrals. So we actually had a client that was a, it was an e-commerce client and these guys sold organic meats. Not that it's super important, but basically they had, uh, they insisted on us using the interns landing page. And this landing page was just awful. It was like some burnt sienna color that didn't even say the email bar. And basically we're just running a 10% off coupon for your first order or something like that. So as I would predict, the awful landing page converted like garbage, um, probably a 5% conversion rate on the cold traffic. But um, these guys had some cojones and they were spending a lot of ad to spend on it. So we're talking about probably five or $10,000 per month on this ad. And then wouldn't you know it, that horrible, horrible landing page ended up scaling up to the point where it was getting a 50% conversion rate after a couple months of doing this. So why did this happen? Did the quality of the, the landing page increase? No, it was just as awful as it ever was. What happened was the people that Facebook was sending to that page looked more, there's a more complete picture because basically they knew that, all right, this guy ended up doing it. And obviously, you know, the first guy was kind of a shot in the dark. Once you had 10 people, it's probably a more likely picture than a hundred, than a thousand, et cetera. So it's basically doing sort of a, just what are the commonalities in these people? And the, the more conversions that you put through, the more confident that Facebook can get and the better results that you're going to get. So typically what you end up seeing when you're launching a conversion campaign is you usually get a quick pop because they know the people who are going to convert first. There's just people who click on everything and that's who your ad's going to go to first. You have a little bit of a dip, but then you end up going to the point where you're really optimizing. You're really taking that cost per lead down. So this whole strategy, and if we want to look at the really dumb bullheaded approach that this client ended up taking. It was just spending a ton of money on this. And granted, you know, if the guys hadn't been married to the fact that their intern had to make this landing page, we could have probably gotten those cost per lead numbers in weeks instead of months. But um, this approach is referred to as buying data within the Facebook community, because basically when you're feeding that pixel, you're giving it the information that it needs to make those decisions where it's showing the ads in a more intelligent way and getting you better results, right? So the counterpoint to that is what does good fundamentals get you, right? I don't want to make it out that it's a game of the person who has the most money wins. Um, good fundamentals, having good copy, good landing page is going to make that whole path faster. So you might've needed tens of thousands of dollars to push this boulder up a hill, but if it was a really good landing page and it was tested out and it was written with good copy and it was basically gone to a point where you could, you know, it was actually the fundamentals were good. Basically, it's leverage. It's kind of a heads up. But again, it's not necessarily a deal breaker. You can overcome things with spend. I would probably say most small law firms aren't in the business where they can spare another five or $10,000 to push a boulder up a hill. But if you can, you know, that's, that's kind of the playing field that has been leveled a little bit since we've entered this era of automated advertising. So the second point is basically Facebook data is so good, it can kind of overwhelm the fundamentals. And the last point is frequency is the killer. And the kind of corollary to this is creative ends up being king. So basically we're dealing with a smaller audience, right? 
And there's this concept of the evergreen funnel or the evergreen ad. And this is something that you can kind of run in perpetuity. Facebook's always going to find more people. There's always more runway to do it. But the thing is that that's something that's very, very, very hard to do in a local market. Because if you think about it, let's just run some basic numbers. 100,000 person audience, we're paying a CPM of about $20 for for that to reach 1,000. So you're going to hit 100,000 people in about 100 days, right? And what do you do then? <laughs> so this is basically the thing. And, and, and one of the things that a good Facebook advertiser is going to look at is uh, what's it's it's a thing that you can see in the, in the dashboard, which is, which is referred to as frequency. And the old kind of rule of thumb is that once your frequency gets over about three, your ad costs are going to uh, start to go up. Your your leads are going to start to go down depending on which way you want to look at it. But the reason why in, just in plain English is that everyone has seen the ad three plus times. If they were going to convert, they, they would have converted. And now they're just kind of tuning it out. I'm sure that you guys have ads that you see all the time and it's like, okay, whatever this guy's again. And then you just, you just literally screen it out. So we need to have an offer that works. We need to have image that works and we need to have copy that works to start it out. But again, at some point, once you get, so that's, that's <laughs> getting from zero to one is the point where you have something that actually works in the first place. You've gotten one conversion, but once you end up getting that point, there's going to be a time where everyone has seen your offer. And at that point, your offer is going to die. So basically the, the goal here is once you have something that sticks is you need to make sure that you're, you're keeping this ad fresh. And there's kind of different ways that you can do this. So one of the things that we'll usually do is once we have people who've kind of been burnt out on the image, we'll switch out the image and then we'll switch out the copy at the same time. So at a glance, it looks like something different. And chances are, if somebody has seen the ad before, maybe they're going to have an, an angle on that different copy and image that's going to track them in a way that it didn't. But basically we've bought their attention and we've basically have an opportunity to get them to move forward. So that's actually kind of a way to breathe life into a new ca campaign. Um, but eventually even that is going to get figured out. So at that point, we have to actually switch out the offer. And that ends up, that's probably the, the subject for another podcast entirely. But basically we need to make sure that we're keeping stuff fresh because we have a limited pool of people to work with. So basically, and I'm sure if you're an attorney, you've probably gotten bombarded in your inbox by many of these folks, but there's this whole idea and there's a lot of kind of, I would say, less scrupulous actors out there that have agencies for starting local businesses. And not to say people don't do good work with this, but a lot of the times you can have a situation where you can copy and paste an ad or a template and it'll actually work. But without having an understanding of the fundamentals to the point where you can create new copy, create new creative, you know, switch up an offer in a way that makes sense and really understanding the market, you're going to basically see the wheels fall off of that as soon as you know that copy and paste template runs out, right? So copy and paste templates can actually work for a lot of different agents, uh, industries, right? So if you, if you serve something nationwide, or if you're, you know, I don't know, in the e-commerce store or something like that, um, you can actually get surprisingly far with those. So it actually is kind of interesting because, you know, maybe if they are not, I mean, I don't think people join these programs to be bad, but basically if they end up putting the work in, they can actually get to the point where that bootstraps them to actually being a good marketer. But it's really, really tough to have these copy and paste templates work in local because you're going to burn out pretty quickly. And I think that's a big reason why it's, it's really tough to suss out where someone's background is sometimes. And either that or sometimes you have these white label companies that you don't even know who you're dealing with. So that's just kind of the underbelly of the internet marketing world. So also probably the subject for another podcast. We've got a couple of those at this point. 
But basically, yeah, you need a plan. You need a next step. You need somebody to understand the market in order to kind of succeed with this stuff over time. Otherwise, you're going to have a, a campaign that runs super well for a month, maybe two, and then you're kind of in, in, in bad shape. Okay. So those are kind of the three points. So our approach is kind of playing into these different things. And I think honestly, this is this is something that not a tremendous innovation, but it's something we've seen a lot of success with. So playing into that fact that we really want to make a strong pixel. So I already mentioned that we were targeting generally audiences of around 100,000 for the, the firms that we're working with. Basically, what we end up doing is we have the same fa- Facebook pixel and we're only targeting the same types of firms. And we're even going as so far as to make the offer pretty uh, similar for a lot of these. So the thing is that when we're running that $20 a day budget, say, right, but we're running it across 40 or 50 firms, then all of a sudden we're spending $800 to $1,000 per day. So we have $20,000, $30,000 in Facebook ad spend, but every firm is only paying $20 a day, but they're getting the results of that super scaled up stuff. And on top of, if I do say so myself, pretty good creative because our team's <laughs> been investing a lot in testing on that kind of stuff. So basically we're able to have the data of a giant firm while only having the spend contribution from the individual firms that we work with being relatively small, which is pretty cool. And on top of that, because we're extremely consolidated in the type of firms that we're going after, basically we it's it's not a pain in the butt for us to continue to create new creative. So we can basically, and like, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of work in the estate planning practice, right? Our practice area right now. And basically it makes total sense for us to spend an entire week on testing out new creative because that's something that we can apply to 40 clients, right? Right off the bat. That is the way that we do it. I don't think it's the only way, but it's a way that we've worked really well. And again, this is, it's kind of, we, we sort of took this from base principles, obviously it, it took a while for us to, to be able to see the, the bigger pieces to put this together, but that's one way that we do it. And I think it's uh, been working super well. So that is it. So you guys have the three biggest misconceptions that keep attorneys from making a return on Facebook ads. Remember, don't get seduced by targeting. If you end up reading information on the internet and you're trying to put this together for yourself, consider what the people that you're taking advice from are marketing and what kind of audience that they're they're, they're marketing it to. I'm not saying they're bad actors. I'm just saying that it is probably less relevant than you think. Um, so I'll leave you guys with that. And this has been another episode of Law Firm Growth Podcast, and we'll be here with you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.